I remember a conversation I had with one of my priest buddies several years ago, not too terribly long after Pope Benedict XVI resigned. And this friend of mine says, you know, I think someday I really want to be Pope Emeritus. You know, just like Pope Benedict XVI, to get to be the retired Pope. He said, think about it. You know, to get elected, to take a name like Pope Lando II, because I'll tell you what, there is a Pope Lando I, which is awesome, the Holy Father of Cloud City. But Pope Lando II, right? To take on that name, to get to go out there, you know, at St. Peter's and declare things to the whole world, you know, to get to wear the awesome white cassock, to take all this in, and then immediately to resign, and just to get to live there at the Vatican and not have the weight of the world on your shoulders. I mean, it sounds like a pretty awesome gig. But now, to be fair, we were joking around. And, you know, in my better moments, I like to think, okay, that's not what I would really want. But then there are times when you get reminded, you know, you need a little bit more help with this than you think. So a couple weeks ago, eight weeks ago to be precise, uh, it was the day after the Eucharistic Congress. I got reminded that I think I care about the honors a little bit more than I like to admit. So we had the Eucharistic Congress on September the 9th. Beautiful day. It's like you're all in the whole time. It's great. There's the priest's holy hour, the great big Eucharistic procession in the streets. It's like a great big diocesan family reunion. I mean, you spend the day seeing all these wonderful people, here in a couple hours of confessions, we have the big mass, and then it was kind of tough to leave because there's so many people, and I was in one of those underground parking uh, garages, and so it was like it was going to be an hour to get out. So a group of us walked a couple blocks to go to dinner, and then a monsoon came in, and so like to get back to the parking lot, I had to like run through torrential downpours in my nice cassock and dress shoes. So I'm soaked in like my long clothing. Right, I get back to the rectory probably like 10:30 got to bed about 11. And then, of course, the phone rang at 12.30. And it was a nurse over at Rowan Hospital. And she said that they have a patient who's dying. And, you know, it's 12.30 in the morning, and I kind of sleepily say, like, okay, like, is, is he going to make it tomorrow? Can I come right after Mass? She's like, Father, he's, he's not going to make it. So got up, put on my clerics, drove over to the hospital, gave him all the sacraments, spent some time talking to the family, like just some of our connections. They're actually from Moxville, but our paths have crossed a lot over the years. Nice to be with them, talk to the nurses, back to my car, back to the house, probably back asleep by about 1.30. So go back to sleep. You know, the alarm goes off. I wasn't exactly like, hooray, another day. Like, you know, I was kind of tired and said my prayers like normal. And during the prayer, I was like, okay, I am not going to bring this up at Mass. Like, I'm not going to draw attention to the fact that I had an emergency call in the middle of the night. Like, I'm not going to talk about it. So we had the 8 o'clock Mass, beautiful, great Mass, everything's going well. Standing outside on the steps after Mass saying goodbye to people, and Michael Becker, our Director of Operations, asked me, how did everything wrap up yesterday? It's like, well, I've got to tell Michael about this. I mean, geez. So I'm like, yeah, I got an emergency call last night at 12.30 after the day. One of our young mothers hears this and she goes, oh, father has to get up in the middle of the night and take care of his kids too. And I'll tell you, she wasn't being sarcastic, but I needed that little punch in the gut, right? Because it was so good because it's like, look, yes, we have to go to the hospital sometimes in the middle of the night. But if I'm honest, I mean, Luke got here back in May. I think since he's been here with me, we've had maybe three, you know, inconvenient late night emergency calls. 
and I know, like those of you that have newborns, infants, I mean, you only have to get up like once every three months, right? No, I know it's like all the time. Like you're always like giving it your all and you have to like dive in. And it's not, so hey everybody, make sure you see what's going on. We're called to do a lot of things. And if I'm perfectly honest, and if I take this gospel to heart and look at me, like I gotta focus on the fact that, look, it's not about the honor, right? If it's like, hey everybody, guess what I did last night? And everybody's like, wow, good job, Father. Okay, that passes, it's done. But if you look at like what we actually get to participate in, I mean, God willing, someday I die, I hope to go to heaven and meet this man, and I'm hoping we high five each other. And he says, hey, thanks for coming to the hospital to give me absolution and anointing of the sick and the apostolic pardon. And I'll say, you're welcome. Like it'll be an amazing moment, right? For parents, young parents, like you are literally getting to help another human being to mature, right? They don't have to sit there in their own diaper all night long because you're great. Now, is that something like, oh, all this attention for you? Probably not. But look at what you get to participate in. And I think as we look at this particular gospel, our Lord is freeing us from being so focused on a limited resource, right? And a limited resource that doesn't even last very long. Those kind of honors, right? They pass super fast. It's like when our Lord says in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, those people who like to pray out on street corners and gather all kinds of attention, they've already received their reward. And it's not even that great of a reward. But if we actually do the things we're called to do in our state in life, in our vocation, that we get to participate in, like I said, the maturing, the growing of those around us, to be servants to people around, it's incredible when we look at that and thank God for what we get to participate in, all of a sudden, life gets a whole lot better. Why? Because our Lord is constantly showering down these golden moments of grace. And sometimes he shows us like, do you see what you're getting to participate in? Yesterday I got to baptize the firstborn child of a couple I married back in 2015. They've been trying and now they have little Ellie and she's beautiful and I got to baptize her. And when I said her name, she smiled a little bit. It was super cute. Like, you know, those kind of things, when we're looking for those, not just for the honor. And don't get me wrong, like, hey, you know, a quick honor, this or that, it's not the end of the world, it's, it's, it's a nice thing, but it's not the end all be all. And I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact, especially considering my first name, call no one on earth your father, you have but one father in heaven. I will say, when I go to a restaurant and you ask for a table and they say, what's your first name? I always go, father. Like, that's always fun. So then when it's time, like, father, here I am. You know, it's, it's great. But you look at this, and I know this is one of those verses like, oh, you're not supposed to call anyone on earth your father. Okay, this is where we say why we don't proof text, right? This is part of the entirety of sacred scripture. You don't just pull one verse and that's the end of it. Jesus himself in another place, like think about the rich young man running up to him, right? Teacher, teacher, calls him teacher, what am I supposed to do to inherit eternal life? Follow the commandments, which ones? One of, the de- one of them that he says, honor your father and your mother. But he doesn't then say, but never call him father. Like he doesn't do that, right? And then this is my favorite one. You think about the apostles who are there listening to him. What's the tradition that they carry on after this gospel? If you read uh, the first letter of St. John, chapter 2, verse 13, I'm like burning this in my memory now. He says this, I am writing to you, 
fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. And who is he addressing here? The presbyteroi, the priests. It's the first time in church history that priests are called fathers, which makes a lot of sense, too, because when you think about this, pastor of a parish, what would it be like? It's like, oh, your title? CEO. Great. Like, CEO, forgive me for I have sinned. Like, no, like that doesn't work, right? Now, if I get up here and basically say, like, I'm your God now, send me to an asylum, right? Like, that's insane. But that's not the point. I'm supposed to be here like a father, like a father to a family, right? Like we're supposed to be putting our whole heart in. We don't stand in there for God, but ultimately it's like living out this relationship. And not one of us is irreplaceable. We had St. John Paul II for a very long papacy. It was amazing. And I remember thinking, no one can ever replace him. Here we are, second pontificate after him, and we're still going, right? Like nobody is irreplaceable. All of us have a role to play for a time. And I think when we look at this gospel, our Lord is trying to give us so much more treasure. It's a silly little analogy, but the other night I was talking to a family. They're having a lot of family coming in from out of town. And one of the daughters was saying, well, when they come, I got to give up my bed. And I go, well, where are you sleeping? She said, on the floor. And I said, well, think about it this way. Look at how much more space you're going to have. Like, it's incredible. You can really roll around. It's huge. Okay, I know it's silly, but when we're not so focused on the honor when we're looking at everything we get to do every day, our Lord is just raining down things on us all the time. These little signals of look at what you're getting to participate in. And if we're not so focused on making sure everybody else sees, it's incredible what we can recognize that we get to do. My friends, I recommend take this gospel and take it to prayer this week. Use it as as an examination of conscience. Because this is one of those that is so easy to be like, yep, that person over there, they sure do love the attention, don't they? But like totally not paying attention to yourself. But our Lord is so good and frees us from this like rat race of king of the hill. Like it's just this limited resource of honor. Not that honor is terrible, right? But... When we make that everything, of course, we're going to be sad and disappointed. But when we stop and recognize just the unbelievable generosity of God, all the things he's letting us be a part of, all of the time, that we get to be servants like him, laying down our lives, when we participate in that with all of our hearts, it's an incredible thing. So let's ask him for the grace to see where maybe we're not doing that, change the things, and then be a servant just like him. Praise be Jesus Christ.